I do believe that God has a word for us on today. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day, for truly this is the day that you have made. And we choose to rejoice and be glad in it, Father. God, we love you so much, God. And we are so grateful for who you are, Lord. Father, we ask, oh God, that you would continue to, show, to allow us to feel your presence on today, Father. God, we ask, oh God, that you would give us a word, Father, that will meet us at the point of our needs, Lord God. Father, I pray that you would hide me and that you would step forward, oh God, and people would be able to hear from you, Lord. We honor you, God. We pray that the word will fall on good, good ground, Lord God, that people will be able to take the word, Lord God, and apply it to their lives, Lord God, so that their lives will be forever changed, Father. We thank you right now, Lord. For us in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So, of course, Pastor Tim said, you know, a lot of all of our preachers have been preaching sermons um, to add to the focus series. And of course, today won't be any different. We're going to just go a little bit more and dig. We're going to talk about digging deeper. So the the title of this sermon is Dig Deeper. So we're going to go to Second Kings chapter three, verse nine through 19. And I'll kind of it, it's a a lengthy verse, um, lengthy passage of scripture, but I'll go ahead and read through it. We're coming from the Message Bible, um, and then I'll point out the particular verses that we will use to actually, you know, launch from. So in 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 9 through 19, the king of Israel, the king of Judah, and the king of Edom started out on what proved to be a looping detour. After seven days, they had run out of water for both army and animals. The king of Israel said, bad news. God has gotten us three kings out here to dump us into the hand of Moab. But Jehoshaphat said, isn't there a prophet of God anywhere around through whom we can counsel, consult God? One of the servants of the king of Israel said, Elisha, son of Shaphat, is, some, is around somewhere, the one who was Elijah's right-hand man. Jehoshaphat said, good, a man we can trust. So the three of them, the king of Israel, Jehoshaphat, and the king of Edom, went to, went to meet him. Elisha addressed the king of Israel. What do you and I have in common? Go consult the puppet prophets of your father and mother. Never, said the king of Israel. It's God who has gotten us into this fix, dumping all three of us kings into the hand of Moab. Elijah said, as God of the angel armies lives and before whom I stand ready to serve, if it weren't for the respect I have for Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I wouldn't give you the time of the day. But considering, bring me a minstrel, and when a minstrel played, the power of God came on Elisha. He then said God's word, dig ditches all over this valley. Here's what will happen. You won't hear the wind, you won't see the rain, but this valley is going to fill up with water and your army and your animals will drink their fill. This is easy for God to do. He will, all, he will also hand over Moab to you. You will ravage the country, knock out its fortifications, 
level the key villages, clear cut the orchards, clog the springs, and litter the cultivated fields and stones. And so today I want to specifically focus on the 16th and the 17th verse. Um, as that's going to be our lunching place. So it says, he then said, God's word, dig ditches all over this valley. So here's what, what will happen to you. You won't hear the wind, all of these things. You won't hear, you won't see the rain, but it's going to fill with water. So here we have it that king, the king of Israel, Joram, Joram has set out to wage war against King Misha and the Moabites. So if you read like the entire chapter, you'll, you'll see this bigger picture. So Joram gains the allegiance of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah and the king of Edom. So I wanna pause here just for a moment because in our pursuit of digging deeper, if we're gonna gain allegiance from someone or connect with others, we have to make sure that we're connected to the right people. I say that because if you notice in the scripture, Elijah, go, he, he's like, why are you even coming to me? And he's very clear that if it wasn't for his relationship with Jehoshaphat and the respect that he had for Jehoshaphat, that's why he would consider and go ahead and seek the Lord. So they decide on a route to, a route to take but one thing they didn't plan for was the fact that they would run out of water for the army and the animals. The first thing that Joram, the king of Israel, does is doubt God by saying in verse 10, bad news, God has gotten us three kings out here to dump us into the, into the hand of Moab. How many of you guys have... Um, made some decisions, or maybe the Lord has told you to do some things, and when it didn't look like we expected it to look like, we began to blame God. And that's exactly what Joram did. Um, so he, he, he blamed God, but because of his connection to Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat didn't give any thought to what he was saying because he goes on to question if there was a prophet of God that would consult with God. Jehoshaphat knew that now wasn't the time to blame God, but rather it was the time to seek God. See, that's why you have to be sure you are connected to the right people. It's so important to be connected to the right people. Oftentimes, you know, we connect ourselves to people that we think know God, or we think can do something in particular. And sometimes that's not really who God has us to, to connect ourselves to. So be careful who you connect yourself to and be careful and let it be someone who knows God that when you get down, they can say, no, 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 no. It's not time to get, get down and blame God, but it's time to seek him further so that you can keep digging um, deeper. So because of his, because again, because of Elisha's respect for um, Jehoshaphat, he went on to seek God on his behalf and the word of the Lord was given for them to dig ditches. So today there are a few things I want to make sure that we lift out of this passage of scripture that will help us in our pursuit of digging deeper. The first thing is understand that the request for digging deeper is sometimes birthed out of a need and, and sometimes it's even a desire. Number two, 
we're going to get, we're going to need help. If we're going to get help from people, we need to be sure we are connected to the right people. And then number three, we have to be certain that we're digging in the right place. And number four, we have to use the right tools when we dig. So I want to just kind of tell you guys that um, a little bit about why, um, why the Lord brought this whole idea of digging deeper for me. And my story is actually a simple story. Um, for those of you guys that have children, nieces, nephews, you probably can relate. So, of course, school started back in August, and um, this year has kind of been tough in our household. Um, and as a result of that, um, I kept telling myself, you know, maybe the reason is because, you know, I have three kids and they are all stair-step and, you know, schoolwork is a lot. Like I keep telling myself, I understand why people have one child or have two kids when you marry because, you know, trying to be able to split up your time with them is sometimes really difficult, especially when you have three children. And so that was the first thing. I'm like, you know, maybe we, have, we got all these kids and, you know, um, school is kind of getting harder. Um, then the other excuse that I had was, you know, maybe we just enjoyed summer break. Like this summer, I was like, we're going to have a good time. Y'all are going to know it's summertime. And we didn't, probably didn't adequately prepare, you know, them and keep them moving with school. So that way, when school started, it was easier to jump in. Um, and so one day I just started several, I mean, it's been a couple of months I've been praying and praying and praying and saying, Lord, you really have to help us because um, this is just the first year that it's been such a challenge. So this was my prayer for myself, but then it was also the prayer for the children as well because with new, new school years come different concepts, difficult concepts and difficult challenges. And so as I was praying one day, I w we were leaving swim practice with the kids and um, I was fussing at Morgan and Matthew about, you know, giving their all and swimming and giving their all in school. And I was fussing at Andrew. I mean, he's good at swimming, but when it comes to school, that mouth gets him in trouble. So I'm like, Lord, you know, you're going to have to do something. And I immediately heard the Lord say, dig deeper. And this is a true story because I told the kids I was in the middle of talking to them. And then I said, you know what? I hear God saying, dig deeper. That's what I'm going to say to you guys. You're going to have to dig deeper when school gets tough, when you can't understand a math concept or you're swimming and your coaches are telling you to keep moving and keep breathing and keep um, doing your strokes. You're going to have to get everything inside of you and dig deeper and keep pushing and moving forward. And so, of course, the kids were like, um, you know, mama, really? You know, is that what you're going to say? But um, I'm not so in, in digging deeper. What he was saying is, you know, be persistent. Don't give up. Buckle down and focus. 
So I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand today, but how many of you have been praying the same or a similar prayer? Maybe it's not the same exact issue that I had. Maybe it wasn't, you know, just about the kids, but maybe it's something else that God is calling you to dig deeper in. So if that is you, the answer is that you and you and you, you're going to have to dig deeper. God is calling us to a different place in him where it's time out for surface things and it's time for us to go down into the deep things of God. <laughs> so whatever you need can be found when you dig deeper because there are some things that aren't revealed until you go deeper. There are some things that you're not going to be able to see on the surface, but it's not until you go deeper and you spend more time with God and you pray and you really seek the Father that you'll be able to dig and go deeper. So let's, let's keep moving. What makes people dig deeper? Is it success, popularity, wealth, talent? Sometimes pain makes us go deeper. Sometimes it's the loss of something that makes us go deeper. Sometimes it's our weaknesses that can make us go deeper. Sometimes we're just hungry for something else and it causes us to go deeper. What is your need or the thing that you seek that is causing you to go deeper? Whatever it is, understand that the, this quest for digging deeper is birthed from a need and sometimes a desire. So for the three kings, their need was for water. At least that was their immediate need, right? Can I tell you that your need will probably look different than mine. Mine will be different than yours. Yours is going to be different than your neighbor. But you, um, when digging deeper, you see how they digged and what they needed to dig was ditches. So in this case, in order to meet their need, God told them through Elijah that they needed to dig ditches. They had a need to ensure that all of these people and animals receive water. So they dig multiple ditches. Sometimes we dig a little hole and God is telling us to dig a well. How many of you guys have thought you started somewhere with a little bit of something or thought maybe you hit the right place and God is saying, uh, that's, that's not big enough. For where I'm taking you and for what I want you to do, you got to open up and build a well and go deeper and make this space wider. So we have to make sure that we're listening to God and understanding what the need is so that we'll know what we need to be digging for. So can I also tell you that sometimes we're waiting on God to meet our needs in one way, but in this case, in the case of the um, kings, he specifically said that you, it wouldn't be rain from, like it wouldn't be rain, you're not going to see wind, any of that kind of stuff. Those are things that, you know, you would immediately think, okay, God, you're going to send rain from heaven. You know what I mean? You're going to send rain from the sky, and that's how we're going to be fed. Or maybe we're going to walk a little bit further, and we're going to come across a brook where the people and the animals can be fed. But in this particular case, he said, dig ditches. Dig ditches. And I'll make sure that the water comes up. So sometimes we think that um, it should look a particular way. But in this case, he didn't do it the way that they thought it would look or the way in which they thought it would come. So in this season, to get what you need, you've got to put in the work. Let me just back up, because God could have sent rain. He could have. 
I mean, he could have literally given them water any way he wanted to. But do you realize the one thing that he made them do? What did he tell them to do? Dig a ditch. So in digging a ditch, that means that you've got to work. You're going to have to put something in to get something out. And in this case, they had to actually dig the ditch in order to be able to see the water because the Bible says that it filled, the water filled, um, overflowing within the valley, right? And so in your life, even at your job, if you expect to get a, 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 an advancement, you're going to have to put in the work. If you expect for your child to continue to succeed, you got to put in the work. And work looks different for everybody. Work might be getting down on my knees and praying. Work might be literally doing something. Work may even be going back to school. Going back to school. Work. We got to learn how to work. And oftentimes in this day and age, we are, it's, it's like I always hear people say a microwave society, right? I want to just be able to put in a little bit, cut the microwave on, and it gives me back what I need, and it's quick. But God doesn't always operate like that. Yes, he can move quickly. Yes, he can. I mean, he can move quickly. He can move slowly. But I just believe for where we are in this day and age, God is calling us to do work, to put in some time, not always expecting him. Yes, he's a miracle worker. He can do anything. But I'll, I'll just say that there's been times where I'm like, God, I just need you to work a miracle over these kids. And God is like, well, you were a kid once, right? And it wasn't always miracle. There's some things that I need you, I need you to get out of this. I know you want me to move fast for them and really ultimately for you. But there's a lesson in all of this, so you got to keep digging. You're going to have to sp keep spending time in my word. You're going to have to keep praying. You're going to have to keep talking and speaking the word over their lives. And trust that I am going to move as, I, as you continue to dig um, deeper and also do the work. I want to go back for just a second and just talk a little bit, because we talked a little bit about being connected to the right people. I do believe that there are times where God kind of puts us in isolation where, you know, he's kind of bringing us, pulling us to himself. However, even in those cases, it is in, um, in order for us to keep digging and moving, we need encouragement and support for, um, from other people. It's really important to be connected to other people that are going to encourage you to keep moving, to keep digging, to keep praying, to keep doing those things that God has called you to do. And if we're going to get help from people, we need to be sure we're connected to the right people. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 4 and 12, which is I'm going to read from the Message Bible, by yourself you're unprotected. With a friend you can face the worst. Can you round up a third? A three-stranded rope isn't easily snapped. And I just believe that um, Joram, Joram, sorry, um, while 
if you know the history, he is the son of Ahab, and Ahab worshipped Baal and all of these things. And although Joram actually kind of put those things aside and did some things that were a little different than his father, he wasn't all the way like, okay, oh Lord, I believe you, I trust you, all of that. However, what I do believe is that he understood the necessity of not going at it alone. And he understood the necessity of being connected to the right person. And so um, I'll just charge you to make sure that you get connected to the right people. I charge you to survey your friends. Pastor Tim always say, if you tell me your friends, I'll show you your future. Do a, do a road check of your friends, of the people that you call your sister and your brother. Like, when, when you're down and out, you ought to have somebody that says, no, uh girl, get up. We're going to get up, and not only are you going to get up, but you're going to get up, and I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to pray for you. If you can't read the word, I'm going to read the word over you. You know what I'm saying? So it's important to make sure that we're connected to the right people. So we have to, the next thing is we have to be certain that we're digging in the right place. So um, we can't just dig anywhere. Look at your neighbor and say, where are you digging? Where are you digging? (laughs) Where are you digging? The reality is that what sometimes, what and who you are focusing your energy on and where you are focusing your energy is not always the right place. Perhaps where you are digging isn't fertile soil, it ain't fertile ground. You see, the kings were in the valley when Elijah told them to dig. And clearly it was a valley where they could tap into the streams of water. Imagine if they had been in the desert, in a desert place. How many of you guys are in a desert place? That ain't always the right place to dig, right? Right? And so we need to be able to move from that desert place so that we're in the right place. Or potentially, what if they were on a mountainside? Imagine actually trying to dig through rock to get water. If they had um, had been in this desert place, they might have had to dig a whole bunch or never got to the place of water. Don't mistake it. Don't make a mistake about it. We all have to dig for something. However, I encourage you to position yourself to be in the right place when it's your time to dig. You also have to be careful not to dig for the wrong reasons. See, some people oftentimes, um, when we start digging, we, we're not really thinking about what we're really digging for. Like, what, what's the ultimately, ultimate goal? And so what happens is it allows, like, past hurts. We start digging, and we start digging up dirt and past hurts and different things that have happened in our lives, and we start rehearsing hurts and failures and all of these things. I would imagine that if we were, imagine literally if you're digging a hole and you know, I'm steady digging a hole, but I'm digging up past hurts. What do you think is probably happening to that dirt that I'm digging out? It's probably coming back in, right? And so then I've got to keep, the dirt keeps coming in, 
But now I got more work to do. I'm making it harder for myself because I can't keep going down. I can't keep getting the dirt out. Or imagine that you're digging the dirt out, but then all of a sudden the dirt falls back on you. So now you have connected yourself to some fast some past failures and fast hurt, past hurts, sorry you guys, past hurts, and you've just, you don't know, you're not going any, anywhere because all you're doing is digging things up from the past. Can I declare to you today that you need to dig with the mindset that you are digging for treasure? Because I want each of you guys to know that God has gold for you. God didn't intend for, um, although there is going to be pain, but God has a purpose. God has a plan. God has a promise for you. And you have to keep digging to get to the promise and digging to get to the purpose and digging through all the past stuff so that you can get to where God um, has you and where he wants you to be. So in this passage of scripture, we see that the kings were improvident, they, meaning they didn't wisely plan for this war because they didn't bring enough or have water for the people nor the animals with them. They were ready to go and fight, but they didn't have the tools or the things they needed to go forward. They were in danger of perishing for the water, for, for want of water. The truth is this ought to have been considered before they ventured and marched through the wilderness. But nonetheless, God still met them, and his response to them was to dig. So let me stop here to just say that, nonetheless, even when you don't prepare, you should know that there's hope. <laughs> you should know that there's always hope, that God can still meet you where you are, God has still not forgotten about you. The same promise that he gave to you 20 years ago is the same promise that he has now. And so you have to trust God and keep digging. There's hope. Think about it. Think about, you know, I think about, um, wow, it's been about 18 years ago. And I was in a car accident, totaled my car. My mom told me what God had promised me. She told me. My mother knew what God had spoken over me in her womb. And I told her my car, broke my ankle, broke my um, collarbone. And, you know, literally, I remember my mom and dad asking me, did, you hit, did your head hit the window because the window was shattered? as if I had like hit the window. And so um, I think about that all the time. And I think about how this very thing that could have taken me out, it didn't change the promise of God. What's so interesting is that summer before, I, was, I knew that I had a, call, a calling on my life. And I was at a place where I was going to college and I'm like, Lord, you know, I want to follow you, but Lord, you know, this looks great over here, but God, I'm going to trust you. And so the very thing that could have took my life did not take my life. 
So the same promise that God had given me before is the same promise that he has for me now that he's fulfilling in my life. And so it is, it is even after that happened and I was, you know, out, I couldn't go back to school because I was out for a month. I still had to keep trusting God. And I don't, if you've ever been in a, you know, any kind of car accident, you know that if you make it out, I'm going to trust you, Lord. For God I live and for God I die because, God, you are my sustainer. You are my provider. And I know that there are greater, greater works that you have for me to do. So I kept digging. I kept trusting him. I mean, it's that very thing sometimes that helps me keep moving forward. I, 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 sometimes I think, Mercedes, you could have been gone. Wouldn't be no Mercedes Larkin, you be, it was Mercedes Whitlock. Wouldn't be no kids, wouldn't be Christ-centered church, wouldn't be any of this. So when you get tired and you, um, you, you make some bad decisions and you, um, you start feeling like you need to give up, I'm here to encourage you that that one thing for me, is the thing that has kept me going. And so maybe you need to think about that one thing, that one thing that could have literally took you out, could have literally kept you from moving forward. Think about that one thing so that you can continue to dig deeper in God. <laughs> so let me remind you that we have to use the right tools when we are digging. We have to use the right tools to do the digging and also to sustain ourselves while we are digging. It's obvious that they did not plan well with having enough water. And I'm not really sure. The Bible doesn't really tell us what tools that they used. However, it does tell us that in 20, it says that the water arrived like a flash flood filling the valley. And so in this case, it tells me that they must have used some tools and they must have used the right tools to be able to do what they needed to do. So what tools do you have to dig with? Are you reading your word? That's a tool. As Christians, the Bible is important to us. It's the thing in which we live by. Are you praying? Are you fasting? All of these are various tools that we have in order to continue to dig deeper. Tools may be different sizes based on what we need, but it can also, it's also different based on what we can handle. See, yours might be a shovel, and I might need something different for what I'm dealing with. So be careful when you are trying to pick up other people's tools in order to dig deeper. You gotta use the tools that God gave you, baby. You got to use the tools that you have for your, on your job. I know that, you know, it looks like somebody else is doing really well, and it even looks enticing to do some of the things that they've been doing, although sometimes it's not the right thing. But you got to use the tools that God has given you in order to keep digging deeper. So we have many tools. We talked about the Bible. We talked about prayer. But let me just say this. We have tools here at Christ in the Church. We have weekend services. We have the reload. We have power track. And we have power groups. All of these are various things that are important for us to be able to dig deeper. Another thing to note is that you can't use the exact same tool every time and think you will be able to keep digging. Sometimes you're going to have to switch it up. So let me give you an example. 
So as a new Christian, maybe the tool is just coming to church right now, coming to weekend services, and then now you're stuck. So now I need to come to Wednesday night Bible study. I need to come to the reload because I need more in order to keep digging. Okay, so now you're coming to weekend, um, weekend services and the reload, but now I need to be, I need to really get connected, right? And so then we have Power Track, where you can go deeper and in the things of God, deeper about the things that are going on at our church, deeper about um, what the essentials that you need to walk with Christ. But then maybe that's still not enough because God is taking you to a different place, so you need to dig a little deep, diff, differently. So then it's power groups. It's connecting to other believers and connecting with other people that's going to come alongside you and begin to dig. I encourage you to use the tools that God has given you. So one place I actually do want to back up to is, um, because I forgot to bring this up, um, is that it was out of that need that they had where they actually um, were told to dig ditches. They didn't have to go far. So think about it, a think about it, a ditch is typically not that deep, right? I mean, it might not, if you think about like ditches, um, if it's, it's not too, too in terribly deep, right? So for the kings, it wasn't so much the depth of the digging of the ditches that was important. It was the number of ditches dug that was important because it said dig ditches. Now it didn't just say dig a ditch, it said dig ditches, so that means they actually had to dig multiple ditches. So with the number of people in the army and animals, they had to dig these multiple ditches in order to be refreshed with water. We have to be sure that we pay attention to the force of God regarding how deep you need to dig to meet your need. For some of us, God might be saying, go four feet. For some of us, he might be telling us to go six feet. For some of us, he might be telling us you need to go deeper than that, right? But we have to make sure that we're listening to the voice of God. And perhaps for many of us, instead of digging in several spots, like um, the kings did and the army, God is saying, dig deeper right where you are. Stop wasting your time going from this place to, to this place, trying to dig and fix this thing. Let's work on this very thing first. If we work here and we really spend time and focus and do what we need to do here, then we can move to the next thing. So sometimes we're trying to fix everything at one time, and God can surely do that too, but oftentimes we just need to focus on that one thing, and then he will help us with the ability to move to the next thing. So I don't know the depth in which God is telling you to dig, but I can say to you that I'm sure we'll have to go deeper than the surface. It is time out for surface digging, just scratching the surface. Oftentimes we try to scratch the surface. And my example of that is, um, for those of you that are looking for jobs and you know, maybe you went and filled out one or two applications and somebody said no. That's the surface. God says keep going. Maybe you've been praying and you prayed a couple of times and, you know, over this situation 
and nothing still hasn't changed. After a few times, that surface, God says, keep going, keep digging, keep moving, keep focusing, keep being persistent. Think about this. When digging a well, well, water doesn't spring up just from going a few feet down. No, you have to dig deeper and go all the way in it to get the water. So the same is true with our relationship with God. We can't think if we just scratch the surface and if we study just a little bit that we'll be able to understand his mysteries. Um, it makes me think of like soil. If you think about it, soil, the first level is hummus. Did I say that right, hummus? Um, which is the surface level, which is made of, of like leaf litter and, you know, the things that we kind of litter the earth with, right? Um, and obviously that's not the layer that we're interested in, right? However, it is the topsoil that we want to dig to because that is the place where the nutrients lie and the plant roots grow. It's the topsoil that you want to dig down deeper into so that you can continue to grow and you can continue to be who God has called you to be. Gold isn't found always, gold isn't found on the surface. You know, obviously when we're thinking about miners, miners don't dig just a little bit to get to oil, to get to the good stuff. They got to dig a little deeper. So as I said before, digging deeper looks different for everyone, depending on your need. But the one thing digging does require that you be persistent. And so I do want to just kind of bring up a few accounts in the Bible of people who had to dig deeper and continue to be persistent. So we have the widow woman in Luke chapter 18 who kept going back to the judge and she wanted to be avenged for, um, from her adversary and she kept going back to him. It was her persistence that caused the judge to be able to change her situation and avenge her from the adversary. Pastor Deidre preached about the, um, the widow, I mean, the woman with the issue of blood. That's so funny because Walter was like, make sure you don't talk about that <laughs> when you preach. But it's the same thing with the woman with the issue of blood who was persistent. She had this issue for so long, years, a long time, but she knew that she had to keep pushing through the crowd in order to touch the hem of his garment. It was the persistence and the digging deeper that ultimately fixed her situation. And then we always talk about Job, but think about it. Job had lost everything that he had. Even people told him the curse God and die, but it was his persistence and trusting God, even when he couldn't see what it looked like, even when everything was taken from him, he still persisted and trusted who the Lord was, and then the Lord gave him double for his trouble. So I encourage you to be persistent and keep digging. The reality is that there are going to be, de there are definitely going to be times where you're going to want to stop along the way. So I always like to use these swim analogies that the kids, um, from the kids. And when we think about a swimmer, um, your swimmers, um, while they are doing their strokes and swimming to the end, let's just say they're doing a 25 um, meter, going 25 meters, right? When they get to swimming, they're going, they're, they're doing their strokes, they're kicking their legs, and sometimes they got to breathe along the way. 
Now you have, depending on the ability of the person, the level in which they're, they're at, sometimes some of them might take two strokes and then breathe. Some of them might take five or six strokes and then breathe. And then some of them can actually literally swim the full length of the pool, depending on what their ability level is. And so the thing to keep in mind is that when they actually are swimming, they only come up for a second for breath. And then their head goes back down. And they, but the whole time, they're still kicking. They're still um, doing their strokes. They're still moving through the water. And so oftentimes, as you are digging, you're going to get tired. And you're going to have to take a, deep, a quick breath and keep digging. You're going to, something else is going to come your way. And you're going to have to take your head up just a moment. Not, not too far above the water and keep digging, then come back in and keep digging. Your child is gonna be acting crazy, take a breath, keep digging, keep swimming. Your, your job, your boss is acting crazy, take a breath, keep stroking and keep kicking and keep digging. Keep digging. You gotta learn how to keep digging through the storms of life. You gotta keep learning how to keep digging through all, I mean, when everything else is breaking loose. In the good and the bad, keep digging. Because oftentimes we, we, we try to focus on digging only when it's bad, but sometimes it might be great and we still gotta keep digging to get to the next thing that God has for us. So I encourage you today, whatever it is, Whatever it is that God is calling you to do, whatever it is, whatever that need is that you have, I encourage you to keep digging.